You're listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast, discussing all aspects of precision and long-range rifle shooting. This episode is brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories. And now, over to your hosts. Well, hello and welcome to the Precision Shooting Podcast. My name is Rusty and this is episode number 82. It's a continuation on from our last episode talking about radical choices. Just a couple of things. We have a meme competition going on. Well, actually, it's an STS targets competition going on at the moment. And there's two ways to enter. One, you can join us on Patreon as a supporter. And the link to that is in the show notes to find us or look us up on Patreon under Precision Shooting Podcast. Or... Uh, on Facebook, we have the details of our meme competition to win an STS target. So two ways to enter. Details are on Facebook in terms of what memes we're using and other such things. But jump on that, get onto it, and win yourself some goodies. Anyway, uh, straight into the discussion here is uh, part two of Radical Choices. With the, the Christmas tree design, I think one of the big things, particularly when they sort of were early early days, um, probably the Horus were one of the, the ones that pushed it early on, mm. is that people would just go, oh, no, the reticle's too busy. I can't see I can't see anything out of block out whatever I'm seeing. And that's a comment I've heard consistently ever, ever since. And I know I had this chat with Damo from, uh, from Bushnell or from Tesco here, uh, who represent Bushnell. And he's a big fan of the Horace Radicals, and I've had at least one, and now run, you know, sort of Christmas trees. We'll get him what we run uh, separately, but the that comment of of oh, it's too busy. Um, I've always found it. It's a decision to make. You decide. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna work with this until I see mm. through it, and and you will. You you can see straight past the reticle, and and away you go. And and part of that is how you focus your diopter. Make sure it's nice and crisp, so your eye is not mm. catching on it. Yeah, as well. I think with with some of the more advanced reticles, like you know the Horace reticles and and the more complex, you know, different manufacturers' reticles mm. as well. It's it comes down to training and use. Like I mean, I yeah, I haven't yeah. ever owned a Horace reticle, and I I don't think I will. But however, you know, my initial thought years ago when I looked through them was, you've got to be kidding. There's just <laughs> stuff going on everywhere. Oh, it's a, it's a natural reaction to it, but. Um, you know, I I know, you know, military guys that use them, mm. and I know guys that shoot them in PRS type comps. Yeah, and everybody they who's actually, them. well, I mean, military is not so much making the choice. It's you. This is what you're using. <laughs> yeah. We're going to train you how to use it. Yep. Um, and for the guys that are purchasing them for their own use, again, they've made that choice. Right, I want to run this, and I want to maximise the, the benefit mm. out of it. Um, and you know, now Horrors have got their their Tremor three out, which is a, a quite a complex reticle. Mm. But guys that are shooting it are loving it. Mm. So I, I think it's one of those things, if you were to give a, a guy that had only ever shot a duplex reticle his whole life yeah. on a 3 to 9 by 40, you were to give him a, a first focal plane in the sort of the, the 5 to 25 to 30 sort of power range <laughs> with a with a Horace reticle in it, he's not going yeah. to have any idea. However, you, if you know the reticle and you know what all those wind holds and the wind dots are for, mm. it can be very usable. Absolutely. So if we go down to purpose of use, which which was your original comment, uh, Andrew, about you know what are you using it for, which I think sort of lends itself uh, to lots of different options depending on what you're doing. Greg, using you as an example, you know, majority of what you're doing is spotlighting, and I know you use a thermal now, and that's probably got set reticles with it. Yeah, got- there's a whole heap. 
in it. But I'll, yeah, right. Yeah. What do you choose? Well, in, that's a great example because you've got access to a whole stack of radicals in the one scope. What do you choose? Well, actually, I ended up choosing what looks like a pretty standard um, mill dot, but with with uh, I guess lines instead of dots. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but that's only because all the other options, the the because they're meaningful. Mm. Um, so, you know. The, the mill markers for the other ones were like at starting at like five mil and stuff like that, which was too, oh, really? too much. Yeah. So, yeah, I think most of their designs that are in it are for close range pig shooting and that sort yeah, of thing. So, sure. they're more like instinctive shooting style. Yep. But the one I went with just has one one mil increments. Okay. Um, yep. Although I, I don't love it, it, it's more meaningful for me. So, when I do take the odd longer shot, I can quickly make the adjustment and, and drop it on. Okay. Um, that's the thermal. Uh, well, yeah, what if you're not running the thermal then? You said it's not really your preference. What would you choose? Yeah, so what what I went with, um, you know, a few years back now was, is it the G2, Bushnell G2? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so it's a fairly clean, I, I do like a cleaner for, for hunting. I do like a cleaner setup. Um, and I just find that not too busy, but it's got enough information for what I need, which is just some usually fairly fundamental shots, um, for sort of fixed position. And then for the foxes, I can make really quick, yep. you know, clean, clean adjustments off a miss or, or, you know, usually I'm calling not in range off the range phone, I'm calling in drops. So I can just get the drop called to me. You know, and bang, straight away. It doesn't matter what zoom I'm on. So that's sort of what I'm looking for, speed of engagement and, and um, fairly clean, clean image. Yeah, so the, the, the G2, the Bushnell G2 is, it's sort of like a, it's a basic very Christmas tree, young really. Christmas tree. Yeah. Sapling, yeah, basically. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a sapling reticle. It's, it's got a, a well-defined sort of crosshair, uh, duplex sort of style with hash marks along the windage and and up the, up the top as well, mm-hmm. but then you you do open up into this little bit of a, a Christmas tree along the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, that probably actually looks quite like a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, mm. it's, it's a very basic Christmas Small tree one, yeah. design, really. Mm. Uh, but doesn't doesn't really not, stretch yeah, out a long way. Huge. Uh, it's quite narrow. I yeah, guess. but it's also you know it's got useful work. As Greg mm. said, yeah, well useful. Hold points on there, yeah. Um, for, and particularly if you're very familiar with your uh, ballistics, it can yeah. be a usable reticle for a for a yeah for a spotlighting gear. You, you, mm. You're probably not looking at needing too much on the windage side of things and all yeah. that sort of gear. So that'd be a really really good sort of setup. Yeah, no, I'm really happy with it. Um, yeah, going to first focal plane was also another big big fundamental difference as well. So having that information at any zoom. Uh, you know, and making those immediate adjustments, yeah, just really good. I mean, I I can certainly say this from personal experience, but I've I've missed shots on game because I, I I've been using second focal plane, mm. and I've gone right. I need to give him four minutes or whatever. Yeah, and I go bang, it went way over the top. Yep. You know, and I guess it's probably worth just briefly touching on. But if you've got a reticle that is not in the first focal plane, yep, it'll be calibrated at a particular magnification. Now, if you're above or below that. It's not going to be correct at subtension, so um, yeah, you know, one of those things you just an extra thing you've got to be aware of. Mm. And for me, you know, first focal plane has has its disadvantages in that the actual appearance of the reticle there's always going to be compromise at at the top end of magnification or at the bottom end to a degree. But I think like we touched on some of the new reticle designs have pretty much got it 
got it pretty well sorted out. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And that just, you know, whether it be in the PRS type shooting or whether it be in hunting, you're not always going to have that luxury of time. Yeah. And mm. it just saves that one extra thing to, to not worry about. Yeah. And I'm actually running that, that same G2 on three scopes. So, you know, I'm sort of familiar with it. Um, it's a, there's a lot to say for that. Yeah, yeah, which so, no, no doubt we'll get into it. Yeah, it feels pretty natural. Um, probably if I did it again now, I'd probably, uh, for the long-range rifle, I'd probably look at something a bit busier, just okay. with a bit more meaningful information and, you know, as you say, stick with it and learn it. But, um, yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy the, the more simple, mm. like cleaner scope, uh, scope picture. Yeah, reticule. Yeah. Speaking of simpler and cleaner, my... <laughs> Spotlighting rig actually runs a duplex <laughs> after all this. Uh, runs a duplex. And here's the compromise I'm making. It's a, it's a duplex reticle with an illuminated dot in the center, but it's got a rangefinder in the scope. And I'm, I'm consistently torn by, do I get rid of that scope and put on something with a much more sensible reticle? Or do I run that reticle and, and, you know, use the sort of thin to thick points and halfway in between, all that sort of gear is drop data, which works, but I know exactly how far I'm shooting on any game. And I I haven't decided. Um, as you'll know, Andrew, because you used that rifle the other week and it had a, it had a, a, a Carlos on there at, the, at that particular at the time because yeah. I hadn't sort of really convinced myself to change back over to the, the Zeiss. So I... Yeah, I, I use a duplex to spotlight with, yeah. but, but it works. But I guess, you know, that again comes back to the purpose of use in that, mm. you know, it, as much as you hear the stories of 800 metre foxes and, and whatnot at night, it's, I've never it's seen that. Rare. The longest shot I've ever seen at night was 495 yards. Um, yeah, yeah. And that, that's an exception. You yeah. Know, the vast mm. majority in reality are, are well under 400 Mm. Um, and, the, and the furthest one I've taken is just over 400. Yeah. 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 Same. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you know, to, you know, in, in regards to would you run the same reticle on a rifle like that as you would on on a PRS gun where you may be shooting at 12 or 1300? Probably not. Don't I would need hesitate to. to say. Yeah. You, you don't need all the information in the reticle. One, it one, can be there, but yeah. you, you won't necessarily use it. One point you brought up before, though, Greg, is, is being familiar with your reticles, and so mm. you run that across three different guns. Well, the the, the scope I've got currently, only because I haven't changed back to the Zeiss yet, is that Carlos, which is a pretty close to the same reticle as what I use on my 260. So oh, being okay. able to pick up the gun and go, well, I'm familiar with the reticle, mm. and it, there is something to be said for that, even though the reticle might be a little bit over, over underutilized for that purpose. Well, I mean, underutilizing it's not not a problem. I wouldn't say it's um, no, as long sure. as it's actually usable for the purpose of, of yeah. what you want it for. Yeah, it works. Um, yeah. So, well, speak, speaking of comp sort of guns, what about a PRS style gun? What what have you seen? What do you like? What intrigues you? What What I found interesting was um, uh, Butters, who you know, has been on the show multiple times and whatnot. Oh, that From guy. what I understand, yeah. I know. <laughs> What was that meme competition again? <laughs> he'll, he'll be involved, don't worry. But I mean, he, uh, from what I understand, generally speaking, except for the, the the real longer shots, he holds everything. He doesn't dial. Yeah. Um. Now, obviously, he uses a reticle that allows him to do that. He's a Horace, does he not? 
59, I reckon. 58. Oh, no, maybe not a Horace. Don't know. Anyway. But anyway, he, he uses, uses a, scope. Yeah. a reticle with a lot of information in it. Yeah. And bar the rule long shots, he, he generally just holds mm. elevation and wind, um, which it seems to work pretty well for him. But again, I think that's probably just, that's what he does. So he's gotten used to it. Um, but Very I mean, true. I guess for a PRS type gun, I, I would say having a reticle with multiple hold points below the the elevation or below the windage crosshair um, would be a, be a big benefit. But yeah. um, because I guess it just allows you a lot of the, you know, well, not a lot, I guess some of the PRS stages have multiple targets at quite varying ranges. And if you are very familiar with your reticle and your ballistics, it just saves you having to dial. It saves mm. you precious time and you can just hold on the point you need to hold on rather than actually dialing it. Yeah. I know um, Sean from STS does a similar thing now that he's been shooting a while. I think he just hold, holds um, over for everything and off for everything. But I think he mentioned, um, and I'm not sure what uh, reticle he's got, he's, uh, but it's got like a timer flight windage type thing. It'd be know, a tremor, tremor 3 then. Yeah. yeah, it might be that one. And uh, he was telling me about that. And, you know, he was basically using time of flight to, you know, more for his windage. So, yeah, just an mm. interesting feature there. That it just caught my interest. And so he was um, he was able to hit targets pretty effectively. So Yeah, I mean, I guess you look at, I think a lot of the military applications have gone to that type of reticle. Yeah. And, you know, they train very heavily on it. So, you know, I guess for... Time is of the essence for those guys as well as as PRS, obviously for different reasons. But um, mm. yeah, you've got to be good and you've got to know the reticle. You know, I imagine there'd be guys that would would get those reticles and then they don't really familiarise themselves. And in in the pressure of a competition, they can, can probably get a little flustered. Get lost. Yeah. But uh, for the guys that do know what they're doing, it's you watch them and they're quick. Very. Yeah, quicker than quicker than having to dial, generally speaking. My favourite reticle for that type of shooting is the SKMR3, which is in the colours, which is a Shannon K designed reticle. And I just it's it's point two on wind, point two holds on wind, which is I think ideal, I think necessity really. There is point uh, one marks both sort of top left and right and sort of lower down, which you know it gives you sort of point ones. For a, for a, for a mil's worth, so it's ten marks there for a mil, and you can sort of throw that over if you need to sort of make a correction or thing, anything like that. If you want to measure something downrange, it's really useful for that. But I think point two is quite acceptable for wind. The and it's a it's sort of Christmas tree style reticle. Well, the big thing I like because oh, I've got the number two and the number three, and the number three, the big difference is the floating dot, which is becoming a lot more common. Yeah. On yeah. on reticles, so you've got your crosshairs that, that come into the centre, but they don't quite meet. There's this little gap there, and then there's a dot. Some some reticles actually you'll use a little cross, and some reticles like the the one in the uh, Vortex Gen two, the the two C reticles, CBR two C reticles have nothing. They're just uh, they're open. Now I find the open one a little harder to use. I prefer a, a, a dot still there, but I like the floating around, so you can make sure the dot is in the centre of whatever it is you're shooting, or to the left, or wherever you know where it is where you are aiming, aiming it. So that's mine, and and I did see on the zero compromise. This is one of the first things I was waiting for info on. Yeah, was reticles and the MPC two, CT two. I believe they sort of intend that to be pronounced impact two. 
Oh, makes sense. Yeah, and impact one for the other one. Yeah. Well, two, because I prefer to hit two targets than one, so it'll definitely go the impact two. That's how it works, right? That's exactly how it works. Yeah. yeah. And that's got a floating dot, from what I can see in this yeah. photo. Point two wind holds as well, yep. I believe. Yeah. And again, it, that doesn't surprise me. It It's similar to a, a number of other reticles, but it, it's well thought out. Um, and between between four and five on the wind, you've got point ones. Yep. Which is, is similar again to the SK. And, and between four and five on the elevations, you've got point ones. Similar to the SKM3 uh, as yeah. well. That, I imagine, would primarily be for, as you said, for measuring. If you've got time, you know, if, particularly if you're group shooting or things like that, mm. you could measure with it. But... The yeah, you know, generally speaking, I'm just looking at that reticle. We just want to hold it up and show Greg. Um, Look at that, Greg. Wowzers! Yeah. So it's kind it's of it, it looks like a, a full-grown Christmas tree. <laughs> no, but um, <laughs> it's more of a pyramid. Really? Aztec you look type at, pyramid. Compared yeah. to that, to the other one. It's all right. We're not going to redefine the uh, the reticle industry. Don't. <laughs> that's that's more of a Christmas tree. The G two from Bushnell. Well, well let's and just say the, the the impact two from uh, ZCO is it has more information on it. it. It's not as intense, I would say, as a Horus. Yep. Um, See, Hor- Horus sounds more Egyptian. I believe it was some Egyptian yeah. god maybe or something. Wasn't it? Been, yeah. Maybe there's a missed chance to call them pyramid reticles. Maybe we'll have something to trademark that one. But um, again, that I think was just an evolution effectively of the G2 reticle that you know Greg was talking about. Yeah. It, it's just very similar style, just with a little mm. bit more information on it. And look, there, there's plenty of other brands doing similar reticles. This isn't is not sort of exclusive to those couple of brands. Uh, just they're, they're the scopes we shoot and they're the ones we see. That yeah. that Steiner that we had from uh, from Beretta, that that had a really good reticle, really liked it, but it, it wasn't that Christmas tree. It was more sort of that straight, well, like a periscope type reticle, if you like. Yeah. Periscope? Yeah, there you go. You know, like the, you know, the movies where you see in periscope, the, the vision they got. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Maybe that. So you look through like one and then it sort of throws up and I, that would be a really, what do you use for side height on a periscope reticle? Do you do this halfway up the tube or do you? Halfway up the submarine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's going to be interesting mounting a sub to your gun. Can be done. <laughs> okay. I look forward to the photos. Meme that one, guys. Meme if you can we'll get Nick meme a one. submarine onto it. I've done a I've done a pickle. I've memed a pickle onto a rifle. That's because okay. you got called on something, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 A pickle. Anyway. <laughs> pickle Rick it was. But what I was referring to... <laughs> what were we doing? Yeah. Talking, hang on, shooting. For, for want of, a, a, I guess, a more specific description, um, the, the Night Force NPR2 reticle. NPR2. Or R1 reticles. Uh, yep. A fairly basic type reticle with just very basic holds on the elevation and the wind. There's no, no Christmas tree, no other information on it. It's just a basic mm-hmm. reticle with, I guess, um, calibrated graduations on it. Yeah, yeah. It's the periscope uh, reticle. Periscope reticle. We are redefining reticle terms tonight. Pyramid, periscopes. Anything you want to contribute there, Greg? No, I'm still coming to grips with those ones. <laughs> Very technical. High tech, Good. actually. Yeah, okay. Well, what about the reticles? What do you guys think of the reticles that have sort of additional little uh, tools in them? for lack of a better word, although I'm sure Andrew will think of a word. Um, they've got like a ranging reticle off to the side somewhere or they've got some other thing. W- what's your take on those? 
I haven't used them. Uh, I, I do know what you're talking about. Um, I guess I've predominantly seen that in spotting scope reticles. Um, but I guess you know it would be on some uh, some rifle scope reticles as well. But I guess you've got to look at what it's there for. I mean, what would be the intended purpose of it, really? So th- there's a sneak peek, apparently, of a Schmidt & Bender LRR mill reticle, although the, sh- the sneak peek doesn't have a date on it, so that could have been years ago. 1950. <laughs> and that's off to the left-hand side. It looks like it's got some sort of little ranging thing. Um yeah, and you just you've got your your main reticle, and then it's got some some boxes off to the side along the horizontal plane, and then there's another sort of whole separate device down to the the bottom left. I, I, it's probably one of those things. That if you were really trained and you were not a moron and knew how to use it, it would probably mm. be good. Well, I'm out then. Yeah, yeah that's us. And, and it doesn't seem to be crowding the, the no. sort of centre of the. The view no. too much. And, um, and I've got another one here, the YTAC reticle, uh, which I, I have no idea what it's in, but that's, you know, again, it's got this this thing off to the, the right-hand side with the, on an angle with numbers uh, along it. It's sort of like a reverse Christmas tree. Um, I've seen... Andrew, you want to name that? Uh, I'll think of something. Is that a lead? Like parting, parting the looks Red like Sea? G- looks like a cheese string. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Okay. No worries. So that's what that one's going to be known as from now on. <laughs> we'll have to uh, get Gee, a um, get a. I, I'm suspecting there might be some interesting memes coming up. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just from us, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, in in uh, just back to the, the that's the one I was looking for the uh, Smith and Bender MSR. So you've got these two yeah. little additional uh, ones are ranging ones are well they're both ranging sort of tools Probably for you know, mm. military applications. But I think the um, Dragunov, a sniper rifle, the old Russian. Yeah, the classic. They yeah. had a, a reticle of some variety. I'm sure Sam will find it for us. Yeah, and it's like you just line the head and shoulders up yeah, for a basic it, ranging tool on a yeah, normal man-sized target. But and that's the thing, you know, define yeah. normal. But no, So no. those things, same as uh, using mill dots to... Definitely to not anyone in this room. I'm normal. You're the weird guys. But that, uh, that type of reticle is what came to mind when you mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. reticle with other stuff in it. <laughs> it was descriptive, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. So like a duplex that with sort of one spiky of things on it. That yeah. was sort of one of the first classics, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that Because that, that what, dates 50s? back a long time. That, that one you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it. That was one of the first ones to have sort of... But see, I guess they were, you know, a lot of those ones were calibrated for specific ammunition. Yeah. Specific power. guns. But yeah. yeah. So yeah. they weren't super precise they were just designed to be quick and and allow you know the shooters to i guess hit a person but a very long target yeah yeah you know there's a lot of lot of elevation in a human so yeah between sort of little five foot tall guys through oh that. yeah i guess it depends depends what, what country you're yeah. invading at the time you know <laughs> <laughs> i guess i guess so i guess so what would uh, what country have you got your eyes on? <laughs> you just buy them out. You wouldn't invade. But that's just a lot of the mill stuff, so all sort of coarse-ish stuff because they're not yeah. shooting like one one MOA targets. They're shooting yeah, big quite quite a bit taller than that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's a little bit of error for margin, but uh, <laughs> margin for error. <laughs> or, or How's the error, bit of error there for the margin? No, I'm off to bed now. See, see you tomorrow. <laughs> Marginal, mate. Marginal jokes. 
you've got to edit this. <laughs> we'll edit this. This this bit might be in it, though. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> that was Greg saying that, by the way. <laughs> Greg says all the bad stuff. It's my job. Brilliant. So, if someone wants some information about what to get setting up a gun, and let's assume they're going down the PRS-style line, what are you going to suggest for them to consider when buying a reticle? I would consider first and foremost their experience. Yep. Um, you know, their familiarity with with their rifle and, and more importantly, the ballistics. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're a, a rank amateur that, that really doesn't, it's not familiar, that, that just the whole concept of, you know, what is happening to their bullet, you know, where it, how it's moving, so on and so forth. If yep. that is all really new to them, if you were to recommend them like a Tremor 3, they're really not going to... Well, look, they could get it uh, and learn it. I think I think they could, but I think I think it'd just take a little bit longer. They've got to commit to doing that, and I think what you're sort of getting to is that they may not be willing to commit to it at that point in time. Well, it would, yeah, it would really depend, and mm. you, know, you don't need to do that. It's just, it, you know, it can be a useful reticle if you do know how to use it. Yeah, well, truly. Personally, I, I would recommend something along that, the lines of that Christmas tree type reticle. Okay. That gives you a good amount of information, a good amount of hold points, um, but is not over the top because, you know, like yep. with uh, wind, time of flight, wind dots and things like that, you, you really have to have a, a deeper understanding of what you're doing, I think, to, mm. to effectively utilize them. Um, not to say that, you know, someone could buy that reticle and, and start shooting with it straight away and just not utilize those features until they're more familiar with it. True. No disagreements from me at all. No, no, you've hit the nail on the head, um, <laughs> Andrew. And probably the only thing I'd add to that is, um, you know, as I was saying before, if you go to some of the, the manufacturers' websites, they have actually uh, produced guides that explain all the meaningful information on every design. And you, you could probably go through that too and just sort of go, well, what is that actually used for? Do I need it? Yes, no. And actually make some decisions around your task so you know you've got your, your more simpler your sort of christmas tree style and you get right up to your sort of i guess horror style um designs um and you may look at that and go well i don't need all this and i don't need all this but this 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 is what i need because i'm you know yeah so it's more of an objective view from what you intend to do um but at the same time i would um you know, I would talk to guys that are shooting and, um, you know, say, well, why you got that, you know, um, mm. you know, and, and get in their heads a little bit and try and understand, you know, the more experienced shooters, probably decisions. Um, and then it probably just comes down to, to, to sort of what you like um, yep. and what you're willing to take on in terms of complexity. Um, yeah. Well, that's what I did anyway. Yeah. Mm. I'd, I'd suggest that they... Definitely get something with with multiple hash marks, you know, a good sort of fine amount of hash marks. And whether or not they go Christmas tree or not, I'm probably going to throw that back into a personal preference option because I've seen guys who are really good shooters on the other end prefer one or the other, but both are always going to have lots of sort of, you know, 0.2 on wind if they can have it and and then, you know, least 0.5s on elevation, preferably point two but nice and sort of fine uh, adjustments as they can go through and something that sort of looks good i actually would probably 
generally speaking, if I'm going to buy a scope, I'm generally looking at reticle first, what my reticle options are. Yep. Because that's what I'm looking through the whole time. That's how I'm engaging with my target most of the time. Uh, if it, if I can find the reticle I like, then as long as the scope is up to scratch and that, then you know, there's lots of good scopes around. Yeah. Probably just one for you too, I guess. Is, yeah. is it fair to say that, you know, probably more experienced shooter, you know, they can jump in where they want to in terms of complexity. Sure. But yourselves, did you, because you guys are more on the complex end of the, the designs now, did you guys, like, work your way yeah, there? Yeah, I did. Like, work my way there. Yeah. yeah. And it goes back to what Andrew was saying about proficiency, I think. Was, yep. See, I, I remember the first scope that I bought on for a centerfire was yeah. it was a Night Force MP1, it was an 8 to 32 with an MP1 RR reticle, which is again oh, yeah. pretty well outdated now. A lot of information in it, circles, and a lot yeah, of graduations. Well, I, I, didn't you say before you hadn't used a scope with all these additional bits and pieces? And and now I'm finding out you have? Well, I didn't use one that had G strings and periscopes <laughs> in it. You but, don't know what you're missing, mate. I know. But no, Just that was. Putting some ideas out there for that, our meme crowd. <laughs> that reticle. Um, I didn't utilize it at all, basically. Yeah. I, I really, that was in the early days. That was my first centerfire rifle. And to be honest, I didn't like the reticle, but I dealt with it. <laughs> and I, I know, you know, people that have used that reticle and love it and, and got to be familiar with it. Yep. I know Dan was like that. Yeah. And mm. if you know the reticle and you, you're familiar with what each of those points equates to, well, sure, useful. But I didn't like it. I was progressive. I, you know, started off with duplexes originally when we were, you know, young, and that's what we had, and then moved on to something with a bit of, you know, the BDC sort of concept, and then moved to a, you know, one one mark for every MOA, and then switched over to mill. Once I switched over to mill, I had a fair idea of what I was after, and that's when I got a Horace and I got a um, down this line of the the more Christmas tree style periscope slash G string, not G string, um, <laughs> down the pyramid. That's the word I'm going with, pyramid style. Uh, reticles and yeah, have pro- probably wouldn't look at much else. I re- really now my my focus is is going to be on that style and then working out the best reticle from there and then making sure it's in a, an appropriate scope. Yeah, I mean, look, it would also depend because if you're talking to a guy who was yeah, wanted a deer hunting rifle and he yep. wasn't going to shoot more than 300 meters or yards and he had no intention of trying to shoot more than that. You know his his requirements would be mm. not as complex. I've um, got I've got a I th- oh, I'm going to forget the name of it, but it's it's one of the Leopold reticles. It's a duplex LR or something along those lines. It's got two little marks underneath the center, and that's on my 2506, which is a lightweight hunting gun in a timber stock. And I have no intention to change no. change that reticle because for the purpose of the gun, it'll it'll do exactly what it's meant to do. Well, that's right. You know, you get your basic zero, and then you just you only got two or three points you need to know what range they equate to. Yeah, it's only two or three points I can miss from then. That's right. It's not as bad. Yeah, well, it is a 2506. So. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, it, it, for the for that type of application, I wouldn't go recommending a, a no. comp- complex reticle because it's not relevant or applicable. So one of the one other question then to bring into it. Now, we've talked a lot about PRS sort of style. We got there sort of slowly. But what about a long-range gun like a dedicated long-range gun does that change the conversation about what we would use and we're talking thousand meters plus yeah that sort of elr stuff which is really becoming quite popular now 
For me, no, it wouldn't really change it. No? Because you've got to look at what information do you need in the reticle. I mean, on a on an extreme range gun, I, I would I dial uh, all elevation and hold wind. Um, so as long as, effectively, as long as my um, windage crosshair had the points on it, um, that would be uh, sufficient for that. However, I would use, if you had, for want of a better term, the Christmas tree. Pyramid. G-string. Periscope. <laughs> <laughs> that style. Are you going to chip in with any sort of no, obscure no, word? No, you guys have got it covered. <laughs> but no, that type of reticle. Well, the G-string would, doesn't really have it covered. <laughs> I would use that um, solely for, I mean, you've seen it when you're shooting 2,000 metres plus. You've got a long time to come back down, find your target, find your, and centre mm. it back on target, see where your projectile lands and make the instant correction. Go, okay, that's where I am. Yep. And you're on it. Um, generally speaking, the speed is not of the essence quite as much, obviously. Yep. Yeah, that's my take. I probably would use a similar reticle to what I would use at five, six, seven, eight hundred yards. The what I would use at hmm. two thousand, as long as it was fine enough at the maximum magnification that didn't block too much of the target out. That's I guess the proviso. Yeah, and I think that's a, a question I've thrown before with considering going to a second focal plane scope for a dedicated long range rig, and because you always. In that scenario, you may always be running on top power. Although, having said that, when I shot the other day, uh, I think we were on about 16 power. And, um, yeah, and that was out to 2000. And, and I didn't feel I needed to wind up more. I didn't really have a choice because I was using the reticle and I needed that much there. But I didn't, I wasn't left wanting for more magnification, to be fair. Yeah, look, it depends on what you're shooting too. I mean, if you're trying yeah, to hit true. a rabbit at 2,000 metres, well, yeah, okay. the finest theoretical Which matters. is, well, 1,600 is your goal this year, is it not? It is, and hopefully that will be with a zero compromise scope on. Ah, right. So no so, excuses then? No. Well, there will be plenty, but <laughs> they won't be relevant or valid. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a periscope reticle. I really should have gone with a pyramid one for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> You don't think there'll be any difference in how you'd set it up? Personally, I mean, the scope itself, no. I mean, obviously, on the extreme no. range stuff, I would probably use a a, a base or some yeah. sort of mounting system with more elevation in it. But other than that, probably not. Okay. Um, it, it would also depend. I mean, if you were shooting, you know, the, the extreme range, like the King of Two Mile and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, most of the time they've got multiple spotters that will make all the calls for them. So... They could use a very basic duplex with a dot. One tiny dot in the middle yep. would, would actually be quite okay because they don't need to make their you know, correction calls themselves. They've got that information coming to them. So. But yet if you were trying to do it yourself out on a, in a paddock somewhere, you have to spot your own hits and make your own calls, it would yeah. necessitate something different. So, Which brings me on to spotting scopes and binos. With reticles. You've got a set of binos, Greg, with reticle? Yeah, I have. I've got the um, uh, 10 by 50 Vortex Viper HD Tacticals. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got the the mill um, crosshair in them. Um, I don't know. I don't find it useful for spotting with, mainly because I've only freehanded it. If it was in a... If it was in a um, on a tripod or something like that, it might yep. be more useful. But I just can't keep it still enough to get a meaningful yeah um, 
you know, and there's not enough magnification there. So although it's a really nice picture through it, um, yeah, I'd probably have to Wouldn't say no good unless it's in a tri- on a tripod or, or yep. in some sort of bracing thing. And that, yeah. and that reticle in that one is offset, so the crosshair isn't in the centre of the Correct. vision, is it? Yeah. It's down to the lower left. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah I mean, I, I haven't used them in binos before, but in, in a spotting scope, I think it, you know, if you're spotting for somebody else shooting, it's very, very useful. Feature. Oh, immensely. Uh, you know, it allows you to just to watch and go, all right, well, that's where you hit and make the instant call rather than going, oh, you're a little bit low, a little bit right. Yeah. You go, you're, you're 1.5 mils low, you're half a mil right. Yeah. Yeah. Using real quick clarification. We we often use the vortex uh, spotters. We have got the reticle uh, parts that you change out, so you can go to MOA or mil. Oh, that's cool. Limits you to thirty magnification rather than sixty that the the other uh, eyepiece has. But it's still it's it's still quite ample to to do what you need to do. Mm. Yeah. Look, one thing I noticed at the uh, the PRI we had was, uh, admittedly, a lot of the guys, the teams were not practiced teams; they were just sure. sort of thrown yep. together. Um, but the, the elevation and wind calls they're making were were not good. Uh, it, it would be it was it was frustrating looking through a spotting scope, yeah, hearing their calls. But you know to be able to go, you know, I heard so many. Oh, just yeah, come a little bit, yeah, down a little bit, or left a little bit. It was mm. how how much does that equate to? Yeah, um, if you're behind the rifle and someone says to you that, or says to you a very specific, come up this much and left this much. There's no doubt. You just do it, and if they've made their call right, you're going to hit the target. Really clarifies it. Yeah. So, if, you know, for, a, for a spotting scope, invaluable. I had the H32, the Horace Radical, uh, in a Bushnell spotting scope, and that was quite a, a like a low one, and it was just effectively a grid pattern. It was okay, but I, I, I found it to be quite really didn't it didn't sort of I think they were mindful of, of leaving a lot of open space but I really would prefer that grid to be higher up and I see they've released the um, and I don't know how old this is but the Tremor 4 reticle which is a spotting scope reticle so oh, yeah, yeah, from that. the looks of it it's it's a it's a Tremor 3 cubed out and squared out um, have you got a name for that one yet Andrew? not yet it'll come, it'll okay. come to me no yeah. worries yeah cool um and so it's effectively, yeah, it's a Tremor 3, but it's a full sort of square. Like a chessboard sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. there's a chessboard mm-hmm. reticle. Yeah. yeah, good. And so that would be a really good, you know, if your shooter, you know, your shooter had a Tremor 3 and you had Tremor 4, it would be a sensational sort of combination because all your dots are in the same spot. But you got good reference there. What would you guys think of a reticle where you had a sort of standard um, periscope, no, what are we calling them? Pyramid. Um, We had a standard, uh, I've even forgotten the name, Christmas tree. That's the word. Some sort of like. G2 type reticle. Christmas tree-ish reticle. And, and, you know, the reticle was fairly, relatively dark. But then to have a grid above the horizontal line. I don't know if you've seen the AMR reticle from from Carlos, which is a, like a, a grid pattern. Very much like a pyramid, actually. And it is a a grid, but the lines are not sort of complete. They're a broken line. They're a dotted line. To have something like that in the top half, so you you sort of have a very lightly gridded. I'm thinking like um, maths gridded paper that you had at school. It's a fairly graph light paper. graph paper. Yeah, 
um, very light uh, up there. And, and that way, you know, I would envisage that you would, you know, shoot and then you'd be able to move up to the top half of your, your reticle and get this very light overlay um, that you could use to, to work out where you're gone and then adjust accordingly. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I think, look, that would be You're use- welcome to shut my idea down. It's I- fine. I'm going it's to. Good. Uh, good. Useful, I think it would be useful for a spotter who was watching yep. shooting, but reference the shooter themselves, particularly if you're spotting your own hits, Generally speaking, your elevation is going to be pretty close normally. Oh, not always. Well, okay, <laughs> all right. Let's just say you, you know your ballistics and you know your range. It, yeah, but did you enter that into the scope correctly? Let's anyway, make, so let's right, make right, the we'll play, we'll play your game. We'll, we'll play your game. All right. Rarely are you going to be in the upper half of your field of view where you're impacting if you've done the correct adjustments. Yeah. Normally, yeah. you're going to be. Your, your elevation, if you've done everything right, should be close. It'll be your windage calls if you're making corrections off a shot. Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm not. I'm not talking about having, um, you know, shooting and then going, oh, I'm this far off from, uh, you know, I'm, I'm shooting over the top and I can see it by whatever it is. I'm, I'm talking about utilizing like a lighter grig that's, that perhaps you won't miss anything that might be blocked out from the reticle over the top. And so you'd move your, your crosshairs down a little bit and really sort of put where your impact point is going to be with like a very light grid and the top half of the reticle. Because I do that from time to time where I may may shift the reticle down. Um, well, actually, I would lift the reticle up so I get this full grid pattern over the area I'm expecting it to hit so I can work out where it's where it's going to be going from there. Anyway, well, you don't, I'm not saying you have to like it. I'm not saying. In fact, you don't. In fact, I prefer if you don't like it. Make for better audio. Yeah, don't worry. I don't like mm. it. Good, good. I'm not sure what I think about it. Meme it. Meme it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a picture of me with a graph the whole way through over my, over my face. face. <laughs> In a yeah. contact lens or something. Well, there's a hey, there's an idea. Now, I'll now you're talking. Sorry. I'll patent that. Yeah. <laughs> then try. you just look at it and go, yeah, bang, yep, that's yeah. on. <laughs> You get pretty good at milling things. You just look at everything milling. Yeah, and then we'll, we'll eventually get, you know, sort of the Google Glass thing, but it'll be in, on a contact lens where you can bring up reticles and you can flick through them and change them. They'll be illuminated. You heard it here first. From me first. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Nick Vitalbo's all over it. Or, yeah, he's probably onto that sort of stuff. But, you know, we, we'll, we'll, we'll claim it. We'll claim it. What are we going to call these new type of reticles? I don't know, I guess you could always go back to the old, you know, eyeball it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, we probably need a be- better creative department. <laughs> Greg shaking his head. <laughs> you guys are clowns. So we, uh, we're we also taking your names on uh, should we rename Christmas tree reticles because a lot of them are not looking like Christmas trees anymore. That's my no. point. They're not looking like Christmas trees. Or oh, you've got some messed up Christmas trees in your part of the world. <laughs> so we're looking for new names for this style of reticle. You won't win any prizes. Uh, probably never get picked up. No one ever call it that, but you know, humorous. It'll be fun. If it's good enough, it'll get picked up. As I said, probably won't get picked <laughs> up. <laughs> well, we can whack our name on it first, anyway. <laughs> it's all good. Cool. Any other thoughts on reticle choice? No. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. Well, we'll leave it at that. Uh, a little bit of a recap, although. Uh, all this stuff should be in the show notes. I'm going to get better at doing show notes. 
by the way. And I'll oh, put okay. links and all that sort of gear. So if you looked at the show notes and been thoroughly disappointed, as you probably should have been, because I have, I'm going to attempt, and I say attempt because I probably won't actually do it, but I'm going to attempt to try and get more of that in. So uh, we will be having a YouTube channel. You can find that, Precision Shooting Podcast, on YouTube. There are currently zero videos there currently. Currently zero videos there currently. Good. I've got a way with English, don't I? <laughs> You don't speak it much, no good. No, no, I don't speak it much at all. And stay tuned for some episodes on Shot Show Wrap Up. And we need your memes or jump on board to Patreon to don't worry about memes and still get your chance to win a target. If you're in Victoria and early March, I'll be coming through with a camera. And if you've got a gun, I'd like to film you and it. And memes. All right. Well, Greg, thank you very much. No worries, thank you. Andrew, you can take your G-string, your periscope, and you can head off. One and the same. <laughs> don't don't think about that too too closely. But definitely meme it. Definitely meme it. And uh, thanks, guys, for joining in. We'll catch up with you guys soon. We'll do. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Precision Shooting Podcast. To continue the discussion, check out our Facebook page. And for more information, head to our website, www.precisionshootingpodcast.com.au. This episode was brought to you by STS Steel Targets, premium shooting targets and accessories.